What's going on, guys? Zach from the Rising Business Podcast here. Welcome to episode 189. Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here on this Tuesday evening. You know, we're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I appreciate it. Yes. We'll be talking about <laughs> NXT in just a moment. In just a moment. But, of course, y'all know what it is. Welcome, of course, to this week's episode of Last Week. This week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT. Talk about the highlights and the lowlights. And then get you primed and ready for this week's episode of NXT. And this week's episode of NXT is going to be a straight-up banger. All right, And I'm very excited to be talking about that. But we got you know, take care of some things first. First things first. If you haven't already, I know WrestleMania has come and gone, but I'd still like you guys to check out my new two newest episodes, uh, the two first episodes, I should say, of the Secret Files podcast on Patreon. I believe it's, as far as I know, it's still a free Patreon exclusive. Now, if it's different, let me know, and then we'll, we can, I can do these little plugs accordingly. Uh, but you can still check that out right now, patreon.com slash Radio. If you like what you hear from yours truly, and you think it's something that you can really get into. Now, this is by all means no uh, forcing you gun-pointed head type stuff. If you feel, you know, you, you can ride with the cause and, you know, get exclusive content from us, as well as being a part of ex- an exclusive Patreon chat that we do have. Um, of course, exclusive articles, and, you know, when we get everything going with the Teespring stuff, discounts on merch. So, it's just 17 cents a day, $5 a month. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Check out the new, I mean, Love and War, Francis Fade 5, The Secret Files Podcast. We're getting things going here with the Patreon. I've been telling y'all that for a little while. So if you decide, you know, maybe I could rock with the squad for, you know, more exclusive content that you won't see anywhere else but Patreon. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Of course, we do have a merch store. Teespring.com. Search for uh, The War Collection. You can get tank tops, t-shirts, coffee mugs, I believe hoodies, beach totes, beach towels, all that good stuff. Get the coffee mug, though. It's legit. Um, <laughs> I'll be getting mine very soon, I promise. But yeah, you can check out all the merch that we have uh, going on over there. Teespring.com, search for WrestleLight Radio or War Collection, and you can check all the good stuff out there. Or you can check out my Instagram, which I will give to you at the end of today's episode. Got those two out of the way. So let's talk about a bit of news that came across the board about, I'd say, what time is it? It's 5.16 right now as I'm recording. This came through about a little bit over an hour ago, about an hour and a half ago. And this is this could be part of the reason why, part of the reason why that Rhea Ripley lost her NXT Women's Championship last night, at, uh, Sunday night, I should say, at WrestleMania 36 from Fightful.com report Rhea Ripley's work visa expires returns to Australia. This is from Jeremy Lambert. Rhea Ripley will be off WWE television for the foreseeable future as her work visa has expired and she has returned to Australia. Mike Johnson at PW Insider reports that Ripley returned to Australia on Monday and must now get her visa renewed. It is unknown when she will be able to return to the United States, especially given how things are in the world with the coronavirus pandemic. It is unknown if Ripley's expiring visa 
played a role in her losing the NXT Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 36. We'll talk about that in a second. Fightful Select reported that WWE is planning on taping mass content this week, beginning with Friday on SmackDown. So yes, we will have an episode of SmackDown this coming Friday, and I will be live tweeting for SmackDown Live this Friday, so you can join me while you're comfortably at home uh, enjoying your quote-unquote lockdown. Continuing on, the company had already taped Monday's episode of WWE Raw and Wednesday's Wednesday's episode of NXT. The tentative plan is for the company to tape three episodes of SmackDown, three episodes of Raw, and multiple episodes of NXT through next week. Ripley will not be a part of those tapings and will have the quarantine following international travel. Fightful will continue to update fans on Ripley's situation and WWE taping schedule as more information is known. There you go. (laughs) This is probably, I'm not saying this is the main reason why, but now as especially after my rant from uh, yesterday's last, uh, Last night's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, I may have to fall back a little bit, you know. And I don't know. Because I don't think WWE, they could have. Here's what I'm thinking right now in my head. Now I'm reading this report because I saw this report and I've read it, and I've read it prior. And I'm thinking... Damn, they could have done this a couple of ways. They could have, A, given Charlotte the title and just do it like that, even though they may have booked Ripley to retain, which if that, if this were the, now, mind you, if the word, if the, if that were the case, it made sense then for Charlotte to defeat Rhea. Given the fact that, you know, she now has to go back to Australia. She's not going to be there for a while have Charlotte carry the torch and then build up the next new star. Got that. What they also could have done was then have it was, I would say if that's the case, you know, maybe have Rhea retain work some sort of injury angle into it. You know, little, 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 little work, little work there and then have a tournament to crown a new NXT Women's Champion. Now that would kind of, or make the six woman ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. I you could have you could have done that either way. Um, you could have done it one of three ways: have Charlotte be- become Women's Champion, which still nah. B now work have the injury angle and have the six woman ladder match then be for the NXT Women's Championship. Or C, old tournament. And crown a new NXT Women's Champion that way. Option A is the worst out of all three. I'm just going to put that out there because it's Charlotte. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. If, this is, if that's the reason why Charlotte became champion, then, you know, I mean, it's unknown if it played a factor. You're damn right it played a factor. Stupid. Like... <laughs> How does that not play a factor? Oh, my my visa is about to expire in about X. That's kind of the same time, you know, WrestleMania about to go down. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. So, unfortunately, for uh, Rhea Ripley stands, 
Uh, she will be out for a significant amount of time, not due to injury, but because the work visa expired and now she has to wait a probably a significant amount of time before she's able to come back into the fold and do things on NXT. So that's just my two cents there on what I would have done um, if this were the case. Now, again, you should have three options. Pick which one's best for you. I laid it all out there. Option A sucks. But that's... So that's the kind of the, 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 the quick news of the day from NXT. I really didn't try to look for anything else, unfortunately. So we can now get into... Last week, NXT. Oh, boy. My God. This was actually a good episode. Uh, not, not the best episode in the world, but it was a good episode nonetheless. And y'all should already, if you watched NXT live on Wednesday, uh, you probably would already know exactly the uh, most important thing that came out of this episode is that the TakeOver fucking matches rule already. It's not every day you get to see every takeover match on cable. Well, then again, that's kind of the. Yeah, that kind of would have been. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's cool. It, it's going to be. I mean, I don't think. It'll be, I don't know. I mean. No. Yeah. There wouldn't be any other situation. But you're, we're getting a now again, of course, coronavirus be damned. Uh, but now we are going to get every single takeover match that we weren't that we weren't able to see at Takeover Tampa because it was canceled, and now we're going to see them on NXT. And the first one they just brought out was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dajakovich versus Damian Priest for the NXT North American Championship. And I, for one, love me some big lads wrestling. What'd you give me? Big lads fucking wrestling. What else did I get? Dope shit. What else did I get? A fucking uh, let me see, spinning wheel kick doomsday device. From the top rope, that was wild. Everything, oh my god! Now I kind of figured this was going to be the match they were going to go for for Takeover uh, Tampa, but Jesus, I didn't. Like you got to think, this was this is right now the core of the division. Uh, if there is a, a North American division, um, I would just say uh, North American title scene. We'll go with that. These three are at the top of it. Sure, you can have some other names right behind them but as far as it goes these three are by far and a way the core of the north american title scene keith lee holding the title dominic dajakovic getting a big i guess final chance and damian priest who's trying to who's trying to live in infamy and have championship more women more money you already know how it goes he's trying to live the rick flair lifestyle doing it millennial style so kick rocks homie but um this oh my god just everything about that. And even with no crowd there, all three of their entrances were just, I got this to see every detail of their entrance. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something we don't normally get to see unless we're, you know, probably watching a takeover or we're watching it. We're, we're playing back an old show or something like that to see all three entrances in, well, I guess not real time, but, just watching it and just appreciating the little bitty details of their entrances. It's very, very nice. Um, Damian Priest always caught my eye with his entrance because it's just probably the most um, unique of the three. And, of course, the Archer of Infamy 
you know, the Titan Tron goes on like that, goes above. I guess that I guess that's technically Titan Tron and he hits that one too. I mean it's I mean it's very rock star, very metal, all that shit. And I'm just fucking and I love every bit of that. You know, Keith Lee, I got to appreciate his entrance more. And of course Dominic Dajakovich is his theme song fucking get fucking that shit kicks ass. I don't care what anybody tells you. You hear them, you hear that first little bit of that, and you hear hell, hell, hell. But you better be ready to fight. <laughs> that's that is a dope. I say that's a dope theme song. That's just me though. That's a good entrance theme song to me. But so much about this match. You know the double choke slam to Keith Lee by uh, Dajakovic and Priest. The of course the, towards the end, of course the nightstick, the collapsible uh, baton came out. And Dodger Corbin tried to go for the feast your eyes and got clocked in the fucking knee. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, everything about this matchup was simply brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Just, oh. Man, just mm, so good, so effing good. What they did. I mean, for some reason, part of me thought that Priest was going to win the championship for some reason, for some very odd reason. But now I understand that a, um, with Dijakovic being pinned now, he's literally done. Lee pinned Dijakovic, didn't pin Priest. So you got it. So now with with that, all that being said, Dijakovic is now out of the picture. He's done. Now we look to Priest and Lee. That I think would make sense. That I think that would be for your next takeover. Or if you want to slow play it and get it all the way to whenever we get, to, well, I think I believe it's takeover Boston for um, SummerSlam weekend. I, I think it would be wise to take it to that point. Boston, I think would be takeover Boston. It is going to be fucking nuts if you know everything is good with with this pandemic and everything slows down and we're good and. You know, cases are dwindling and we're starting to let people go outside and do and do fun shit. And I can go back to the fucking gym. Losing my gains, bro. Be like that. <laughs> Struggle bars for real. Um, yeah, if we do, if we are able to get take over Boston in Boston, in TD Garden, in, you know, wherever they wanted to do Boston at. Shit, do it, do it at fucking Fenway. I don't really don't give a shit. Um, it, it it is going to be a wild night. A raucous crowd in Boston. It's Boston. It's fucking Boston. They, they they had Brady for twenty years. You know, Celtics, Bruins, fucking Bruins fans. My God. You know, Red Sox fans. Yeah, it's Boston. They would go bananas, not only now because it's the first, it's going to be probably the first big four pay-per-view that will be back on, you know, on the road in Boston doing that. Crowd will be hyped for that already. Give me a Priest versus Lee championship match on top of that? Yeah, I think that could really, really make the crowd go bananas. I think that match would have 
such good value once they build it. I mean, you already got the building blocks. You've seen that there already. So it's no, and they're not unfamiliar with each other. They they just fought for the North American Championship as a triple threat. I think that that's the next move. That's the only that's the really next move they have to go with. Um, is Priest versus Lee. What you do with Dajakovic going forward, I do not know, but I think letting him fall back just a little bit and possibly get a feud with him, maybe a Cameron Grimes, since you know he was the one that took him out um, before, when Cameron Grimes became the number one contender for the uh, NXT North American Championship uh, just about, I'd say, a month ago. And they had that match, and, Keith, and Dajakovic was the one who got pinned. So they may revisit that, Killian Dan. Um, you know, they still have... You know, they're still building their mid-card. So they're going to have some people waiting in the wings for Dijakovic. We'll see how that goes going forward. I see a TV feud for him going forward. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how things go with, um, with all that. What else did I love about this show? What did I like? What did Zach like this week? Zach liked the uh, Little Miss Shotzi Black card. Yeah. Shotzi Black card. They are very, very, they're starting to get very, very high on Shotzi. You can see it. You can easily see that NXT loves them some Shotzi Black card. And I like Shotzi Black card. She's adorable. She looked crazy. She looked all kinds of crazy. But the girl can go. The girl can fucking go. And there were points in this in this matchup where I thought, oh, okay, this is where she gets eliminated. Oh, this is where she gets eliminated. Nope. Went through Diana, and I think that was actually this is actually a really good first go, you know, to establish. You know, Shotzi beginning her run through the gauntlet. Um, this is actually a nice little, nice little situation. Uh, they got there. They got a few minutes, and it was very nice. Uh, of course, the Super Senton eliminated Diana. She then took on Zia Lee, which I thought was actually pretty cool. And of course, uh, she taps out Lee, Zaya with the cattle mutilation or the butterfly variant of it, and eliminates her, makes her tap out. Aaliyah gets into the ring. And I mean, this is also a decent one, too. I mean, didn't take, I mean, not long goes with this. But they, they did their job, and a lot of commercial breaks held this over as well, I'm assuming. But then Shotzi Blackheart takes on Aaliyah, beats her with the butterfly mutilation after she hits a tiger suplex. Su- suplex, really? Suplex. And she's still running the gauntlet. Caden Carter didn't take long to get her out either. Hits the super senton on her after a draping DDT. Beats Caden Carter. Now, like I said, I think the one, if, if they decided to go with someone else, um, I thought Aaliyah was going to be the one to uh, eliminate Blackheart at that point. But they really, really wanted to, um, I guess, have you root for Shotzi running the distance. And this is also tried and true. Um, as well, this is, def- this is also a try, a try and true thing. Now, think of it like this: think of it with the crowd. If they, we had the crowd there in NXT, they would be all for Shotzi. 
at this point. It would be all for Shotzi, especially after the, she gets past Caden. Draping DDT, Super Senton, she gets the pin on her. And all that stands between her and a shot at becoming the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, Dakota Kai. <laughs> and I call, and I knew, and I knew, I was like, yep, Dakota Kai's winning this one. Immediately out the gate, um, when they first announced the second chance gauntlet, I looked at all of them like I normally do. Um, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Deal with it. And I thought, and I looked, and I just pined through each. I went through each one of them. I'm just thinking, nah, no, no, no. Dakota Kai. There we go. It was between her and Shotzi at that point. I because I felt they were high on her, but I think they wanted to go. Um, did they go three heels? No, they went two heels. Because Chelsea's a heel. Dakota's a heel. Yeah, four baby faces, two uh, two um heels. Also, I think having Dakota Kai in the match made the most sense too. Because of the still the storyline with her and Knox, her and Candice, uh, Mia, does Mia yeah, been running a while? Mia and Dakota. <laughs> uh, who else? Yeah, uh, Io Shirai uh, and Candice. Uh, going back to that, Chelsea Green is just pretty much like the the wild card in this matchup. Everybody else at some point, besides I think Tegan and Io, have faced each other at one point. I believe Mia and Candice have faced each other. I don't think Tegan and Candace never face each other, as far as I know. Eo and Candace, of course, that was a that was a nice mwah, love, lovable feud between those two. That was that, I believe if I remember correctly, they had a takeover match as well. Good times there by uh you, me, and everyone else involved. But yeah, there's a lot of interweaving storylines. I think if you put Shotzi in there, um, she really doesn't have in terms of any ties in terms of storylines. Dakota Dakota Kai was the, of course, the easiest choice. But at least they had Shotzi there to have someone to root for. Again, like I said, they are high on Shotzi. You can just tell. I mean, you had her almost run through the gauntlet to become the sixth and final participant. And unfortunately, of course, you had that tall drink of water herself, Raquel Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. Again, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Ah, oh. damn girl. And <laughs> I'm going to hell for all of this. But yeah, Dakota Kai actually absolutely just made sense. It, I mean, it, it it didn't seem predictable, especially going through the entire match as I was watching it. Shotzi, telling you 2020 is going to be a good year for this lady. I mean, hell, Austin Theory already starting his 2020 fucking being on WrestleMania shit. Who's to say Shotzi won't be doing some crazy shit come Boston? Who knows? Maybe War Games. I don't know. Maybe War Games, I think, might be when she begins her breakout. I can't really try to, like, project. I mean, Austin Theory, I had projected 2021 was going to be a banner year for Mr. Uh, Mr. Theory there. Second, I mean, for some reason, and, and this is what I've been noticing, second years for NXT talent as of late, new ones that are coming in, they have a banger year. <laughs> A second, their second year is fucking most of the, a good portion of the time is ridiculously good. I think Keith Lee's second year, 2018, I think he had a decent year. 2019 was his, he had a fucking year. 
he had a year for himself, of course, concluding with the uh, North American Championship, which is top tier shit. Yeah, but second year to year. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't say Blackheart. Blackheart is definitely getting, you know, the look. And, and she's getting the somewhat push right now. You know, having, I mean, running, going forward, Shotzi can maybe have her first feud. Possibly. Maybe her and Dakota Kai. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe involve her in some tag team thing going on. Something. I think she'll have, I mean, towards the end of this year, I really, I think we'll really see where Shotzi is going to stand out. If they have her in somewhere near war games, not, I wouldn't say necessarily in the match, but if they had her like starting to maybe get on a takeover card or the takeover, well, they don't do takeover post shows now. So that kind of defeats the purpose, but I'd say around war game season, we'll see, we'll see honestly where Shotzi stands and where and what direction we're going to see her go to in 2021. I think right now they're giving her a look. They're having a run with it. Hang glide with it. Don't hang out with it. But if you know, if you know exactly what I'm talking about from that, you, you are a real one. Most of y'all probably won't know what I'm talking about. I'll tell y'all in a later time. Um, but seriously, yeah, I think they're really taking a look at Shotzi, and they're going to be something... She's going to be doing some things, I think, towards the end of this year. Uh, we'll see her definitely break out, but not intended, of course, from NXT. Who the hell is abduct- abducting fucking Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde? Real inquiring minds like to know. Damn, I didn't even know they had a Killer Cross thing happen. Did I miss that? Did I totally miss that? Oh, that was after. Oh, okay. Anyway, get back in focus. Who the hell is abducting these cats? I I, I would like to know. I, I we because mm, what was it like like last week or the week before that that uh abducted Roe Mendoza? Then all of a sudden they just SUV pops up, two loot doors or d- dudes wearing masks and shit. Uh, tell them to get in. Uh, what we doing? But this is what Mitchell, <laughs> of course, after it was, this was like right after his loss with Kushida. Um, he gets asked what's going through his mind with the defeat. He said it was a great match, but another loss. That seems to be the pattern ever since arriving in NXT. I thought I was going to be the breakout star, made an impact, but skirt! get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, I would like to, like, I want to know this, this, like, it's, I don't know. Y'all know, it's the little things that, you know, it's the little things with me. Little details, little some things, and it's just like, okay, why they, why are they taking him now? This runs through my head during wrestling programming, amongst other things, like, I'm hungry, I want to take a shot, but I really don't need to because I got work in the morning, priorities and shit. It'd be like that. The usual thoughts of, of, of a, you know, a 32-year-old male. You know, did I take out the garbage or some shit? I don't fucking know. But first thought was, why are you taking him? And where are you going to do with him? What are we doing with this? Roman, those are Joaquin Wild. They were a tag team prior to, and they were rivals on 205 Live. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But I'm quite intrigued by such things. And I would like to know. 
I'm trying to keep this short and sweet. And I will. Um, Dexter Loomis, real quick. Um, that man scares the fuck out of me. That man is just weird. Um, he weird. But he can whoop your ass. And it was nice to see Jake Atlas for the first time. Um, real quick. I, I know Jake Atlas came into WWE. I'm like, oh, Jake Atlas, I heard about you. They had a decent match, but that's not what I'm talking about. But it was it was really interesting to see Dexter um, back in NXT. We'll see what they do with him. But that man still creeps me the fuck out. But he can beat my ass, so I ain't gonna trip. What I do want to talk about, though, is the tag team that attacked one Matt Riddle last week. Well, the week before that, two weeks ago. Ringu and Saroff. Ringu Singh, Saroff Gurjar. Boy, if we could use we could use both of them for for uh, left and right tackle on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just gonna put that out there real quick, and I'm gonna explain why in a second. So we go to a clip of what happened two weeks ago with uh, Malcolm Bivens and his associates, Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway. For those of you who do not know, that might be like, oh. Yeah, there you go, Malcolm Bivens. So, we saw this new stable. And... Yeah, they whooped Matt Riddle's ass. I ain't gonna front. They, 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 gonna, they gonna beat the shot of you. They be, be his ass. So, he gets asked, you know... I don't even know who the fuck was interviewing him. It wasn't Sheriff Schreiber, I know that. Some other chick. She asked him, what exact message were they trying to send? First, it's great to know my reputation precedes me. I'm a business manager, and I've traveled the world to find the biggest and the baddest team to bring to NXT. And that, tag t- that team is standing right behind me. Ring Sin, 6'4", 275. He said 260. So, uh, chair shot, figure that out. Um, when he hits you, you will drop like a sack of bricks. Then there's Sarov Gurjar, 6'8", 300 pounds. I dare someone to get in his face. Together, they are Indushera, and they are, and we are Bivens Enterprises. Of course, Sarov and Rinku speak in Hindi. I don't know what they, this is when I need motherfucking subtitles. Y'all are taping the shows. All I want is some subtitles. Is that too much to ask? Like anytime I see an Oscar match, you're going to tape the shows anyway. Just put it down on the bottom. Nice little white print. 75% of course, captions at least, like YouTube. And just have them, you know, say what they talking about. I would like to know, you know, help me help you. I'm giving you million dollar ideas. Subtitles. Trust me. That will actually, I think that would actually help with the American audience. A little subtitle action. Trust me when I tell you. Trust me when I tell you. A little bit goes a long way. Give me subtitles, please. But other than that, Sawrov and Rinku look like the legit deal. I don't know how they were at live shows. Um... But it's good to see uh, Malcolm Bivens, a.k.a. Stokely Hathaway, 
in NXT now, getting his shine, getting because I've been waiting for him for a long time. Ever since they made the announcement that he was coming into NXT, I was thinking, who the hell is he going to team? I know it's going to be a team. Um, if you know, uh, now for most of y'all who don't know Stokely Hathaway, um, he was also in uh, Ring of Honor with Prince Nana. Ooh, I'm trying to, let me think if I can look him up real quick. Because, do, do, do. Right away. Stokely Hathaway, boom. Oh, that's his actual name. Okay, Pog. Ah, they did a Grammy street fight with him, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> okay. So, real quick. Um, Hathaway, of course, was in Ring of Honor for about, actually, a year, which is kind of weird. Um, of course, he uh, made his first match of his career teaming with Moose. Uh, they've challenged the Brutal Burgers. I don't know who they were. Um, Sue became a member of uh, Prince Nana's uh, the, uh, the Embassy. That's what the name of the team was. Um, he was the, became the manager of the group and performed while under the name Ramon, uh, and he mostly uh, and he actually managed Moose. And only a little less than a year later, he was gone. Um, he did the independent circuit. You know, worked for uh, Beyond Wrestling. Um, managed a group called the G- the Dream Team, uh, which is um, Malcolm. Uh, let me see, Malcolm J. Of course, MJF, Faye Jackson, and Thomas Sharp. And he actually had a, a rivalry with Orange Cassidy while he was in the Indies. Um, at uh, Evolve 59, April 2nd, 2016, he evolved and de- uh, he debuted in Evolve as TJP's manager, uh, unsuccessfully lost to Tommy N. He became a member of the leading stable catch point for a little while. Uh, had his first Evolve match at Evolve 110, uh, teamed with Chris Dickinson and Dominic Garini, losing, losing to the Skulk. Um, Evolve 111, he teamed with Dickinson again and lost in... Lost to Tracy Williams. Damn. That sucks. Um, so yeah, his career was on the line, and I quit match, and then he was done. He was done and evolved uh, for two uh, after that. Um, was in Major League Wrestling for a year uh, as a manager of uh, Black Friday Entertainment. Uh, managed low key uh, before Major League Wrestling uh, secured their TV deal. Um, Stokely Hathaway. Oh, yeah. Oh, due to... Uh, okay. So, due to already having a television deal with Evolve Wrestling, Hathaway, Riddle, Allen, and Priscilla Kelly all had to leave MLW once their television taping started. Oh, that sucks. That really sucks. Because Evolve already had TV TV deals. Um, so, then... So, MLW wrote him uh, off a of TV by kid- having him kidnapped by random kidnappers. He then resurfaced in MLW in the crowd, but they never showed that on television. Uh, then, of course, March of last year, he signed with WWE. Uh, he was already at the Performance Center, debuted at an NXT Live event under the name Court Moore. Yeah, nah. Uh, he was the manager of Baba Tunde. Uh, he managed Jermaine Hawley, uh, who was known as Jonah Rock. And then at the May 16th NXT House show, he started going by the new name of Malcolm Bivens. And then on March 25th, of course, he yeah. made his debut with Frinku Singh and Saurav Gurjar, uh, introducing them as Indishur, Indishare, and, of course, the collective being known as Bivens Enterprises. So that's our little pro wrestling wrestling lesson of the day from Malcolm Bivens. Really good shit. And last but certainly not least from last week, Velveteen Dream, of course. Him and Bobby Fish had a good opening matchup. 
And seeing as that Adam Cole does not see the Velveteen Dream as worthy of an NXT title match, um, playing the, if you want to get to me, you'll have to go through one of my guys. And that being Bobby Fish. And that was a solid matchup, although I would have preferred Kyle O'Reilly myself. I think that would have been a really fun matchup. But I think Bobby Fish was up to the task, and he did a damn good job working on that knee. That was the story of the match for me. Really was working on that knee. Of course, kicking him under his legs. Very nice. Very, very good way to try to take out, of course, the base of Velveteen Dream's um, weaponry because he has that purple Rainmaker, and he uses his feet to jump off said rope, which kind of puts pressure on me if you damage it enough. This was one of those matches where I was like, yeah, this could, this is a solid opening matchup. And, of course, Velveteen Dream got the victory, surprisingly hitting the D- Dream Valley driver, even though his knee was getting destroyed throughout the match. Um, you know, hitting the Dragon Screw, Dragon Screw uh, takeover, sweeping the legs earlier before that to start the, ba- uh, the damage of the knee. See what else? Stomping away at the bad one. See body shots. Grounded uh, dragon screw. You know, he was doing everything he can to destroy that knee. But somehow, some way, Velveteen Dream was still able to hit the Dream Valley driver and surprisingly get a victory over Bobby Fish. I guess they want to save the Purple Rainmaker for when he uses it on Adam Cole, possibly. What's what's most important is what happened after. Before he left the ring, he grabs the microphone saying, NXT champion Adam Cole, if you put your video games down long enough and take a second to open your third eye, maybe you would realize that the time for playing is over. Your experience is coming. Play hard because you're about to work harder than you ever have before. Courtesy of the dream. They are this cold dream match, I think, is, is sure to be fantastic. This is sure to be a wonderful matchup between Dream and Cole. And I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do for the next coming weeks with Dream and Cole. Are they gonna have Dream face Roddy again? Well, they already did that, and that kind of panned out. Will they have him against Kyle? You know, something. Something. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the, but between now and whenever Dream and Cole face each other, um, which, which might be next week, actually. Who knows? The possibility is there. But Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, I love the way that, um, you know, Tom Phillips, you know, was bringing up the history between Cole and Dream and all that stuff. This This was a very well done matchup promo adding details into it the way they discussed you know how dream got to cole through roddy strong which was a perfect plan very very solid show across the board the one thing i will take away from this is in a negative light get sam roberts the fuck away from the commentary booth just gonna put that out there you can do what you want I just, there were just some things I was listening to. Man, I came. Tom Phillips, I'm fine with. Sam Roberts, get him the fuck off my telly. Where's not? Oh, wait, Nigel can't come because he's in the UK. 
I don't know where Morrow's at. Morrow, well, Morrow is older, plus, you know, he does have pre-existing conditions. Um, Beth, I'm sure, is home with family. So, unfortunately, we got Sam Roberts. Please, God, don't bring Peter Rosenberg into this. Don't. Don't do it. Don't you dare. And don't you dare bring Byron Sexton back into this bitch either. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Sam Roberts. Don't need Byron Sexton. He's, do- he's doo-doo. And please don't bring Peter Rosenberg into this shit. Don't. Just, hell, Worst case scenario, let Tom Phillips just go Joey Styles and let the, let him be a one man army. I don't give a fuck. Don't bring Sam Roberts back onto my television with that with that boo boo, frou frou ass commentary he was bringing to the table. I I'm done. We're good on that. But other than that, that's gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, last week. After the break, we're gonna talk about what's gonna be going down this week and get you primed and ready for. Tomorrow night's episode of NXT. We come back from last week, this week. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 189 of the YLP podcast. Now we can get into... This week, and we turned the clock seven days away, which is today, <laughs> and get you primed and ready for this week's episode of NX2 with two huge takeover matches that were supposed to take place in Tampa this past weekend, but unfortunately, due to coronavirus be damned, we did not get takeover Tampa at all. Shit got canceled. So, what did NXT Brass do? every takeover match they were going to have on the card this past Saturday night and give it to you over the next few weeks. Now, as we spoke about earlier in the, in the show, um, they've already done started tapings for Raw and NXT. They've already done that. Um, they've also done for SmackDown, which they will be doing this week. And, and that was Oh, okay. That was not ready for preheating. I'm doing Lemon Blow. Marinated for four days, put it in the oven 45 minutes, thank you later. We got the shower with a little bit of rice and some rock, man. Good. Bless. Um, good skill to learn in the quarantine. Learn how to cook. Trust me when I tell you. A little, trust me, things you can do with ground turkey. Mwah. Beautiful. Great for, great for breakfast. Um, anyway, not talking about food, it's not being hungry. So now we have takeover... Tampa matches that were going to be on the card. Now we're going to have them and we can see them on cable TV, which, to me personally, wonderful because then I wouldn't have to, because my DVR setup will be proper easy um, coming into tomorrow night. So, of course, we do have um, the late, the, I can't speak English because I'm dumb. Um, so, we have our two big matches that we're going to be talking about. I don't know nothing else going on with this. So, we get to talk about these two matches at length for a little bit. We'll start off with the women's six-woman ladder match to determine the number one contender to NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Now, let's read from what WWE.com had said to get their idea of what they're trying to do. 
After winning the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania, Charlotte Flair will not have to wait long to find out who her top challenger will be. The number one contender to the Queen will be determined in a six-woman ladder match tomorrow night during NXT on USA Network. The bout was originally scheduled to take place at TakeOver Tampa. Chelsea Green was the first to qualify, defeating Shotzi Blackheart on the March 4 edition of NXT on USA Network. One week later, Mia Yim qualified with a win over Dakota Kai. Tegan Knox punched her ticket by defeating Deanna Perrazzo. Io Shirai beat Aaliyah to get into the match, and Candice LeRae earned a spot with a win over Caden Carter on a March 25th edition of NXT. Dakota Kai claimed the final place in the match by winning a second chance gauntlet match, pinning Shotzi Blackheart in the final stage of the battle. So, if it came down to it, now let me tell y'all who I would have chosen, probably, to go one-on-one with Rhea Ripley, if Rhea Ripley had retained this past weekend. Personally, I would go with Dakota Kai. Now, it's not to say that, you know, we're fast-tracking her, because literally, I can see Rhea Ripley versus Candice. Rhea Ripley versus Jim. I believe they've had, I don't know if they have a face change for If they have, definitely let me know, because I do not remember if they have face change. Ripley Shirai, bring that one back. Tegan Knox, that's a matchup I don't think I've seen on NXT, NXT or NXT UK. Um, Chelsea Green, I don't think it's going to be the, uh, the one now, um, given the fact that, you know, she is heel. Actually, we are three and three. It's three heels, three baby faces. Had it have been Ripley, it would have easily been Shirai, Green, or Kai. Simple heel. Now, personally, I would have picked Kai to take the uh, take the first stab at Rhea Ripley and her, you know, going into the just to get her something going and help and helping elevate Kai to top heel status um out of the out of the heels that we have in nxt in the women's division i would honestly say right now io shirai is your top heel and i think ripley shirai would have been a banger of a title match but i could have waited on that one i could have waited for shirai to have her shot later on i also could have picked um my other pick would have been candace the because I know her and Ripley were gunning for the women's championship. And even with that promo that, you know, of course, I think it was Shirai and Candice, and I believe Baszler, I'm not exactly sure. Um, even Ripley told her, like, you want to, of course, let me guess, you want to face me for the title too. Candice pretty much had that look like, yeah, yeah, I kind of want to. <laughs> so, now that Charlotte Flair is the NXT Women's Champion, what we can do now is go from heel and flip it to babyface. So, out of the three, between Yim, Tegan, and Candice, who would be the first one up? Now, this is what my spider senses are tingling. My spider, you know, my spider senses are, are tingling right now. Tingling. And I have the strange feeling that with the fact that we now know Rhea Ripley is going to be out for a significant amount of time because A, work visa, and B, coronavirus be damned, um, it looks as if... See, here's my thing. I'm torn between Mia and Tegan. 
right now. I think the money match is going to be, would be Charlotte Candice. If they're just going straight babyface versus heel, Candice versus Charlotte would be my one to build towards in Boston. I think if, if, if I don't know why my spider senses are tingling right now, but something tells me, and it's been working, and it's been really been coming at me for a while, like, like as quick as a Velveteen Dream snap, that Candace might have been the one to take the title from Ripley at Boston. I don't know why. And at this point now, it's either going to be between, it would have been between her and Io. Out of the six that I'm looking at right now, and dang, team got that smart going that I like. But that's I, I, that's that's where I'm leaning towards right now. You can either go EO and just have the crazy one go after Charlotte Moonsault versus Moonsault. That would be fire. Uh, even though we all know EO's is better by a mile. Or Candice, and you go for the babyface dream, and finally having her moment in the sun and becoming Candice wrestling and becoming NXT Women's Champion. All sides kind of point to the one of those two right now. But who would I have win this one? If it were me, if it were if it were Rhea, I would have picked Dakota. Shock victory definitely elevates Dakota. And of course you can do things with her and that oh that's coming out so wrong. Why am I like this? Why? I, I, I know I'm stop it. I know my mind is nasty. Shut up. But you could have uh you know Ripley Gonzalez and then you know of course tag team action, you can get a Candace in there. You, you can really work with that. That's why I would have went with Dakota to win this had Rhea retained. Now that we have Charlotte as NXT women's champion, I have that strange feeling that they might go Tegan. And not because it's biased, because I love me some Tegan, and she is a very attractive lady. She got that look that I like. I don't know, something. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But I think I'm going to go with Tegan to win this. I'll probably be wrong as shit, as, as per usual. Hell, I haven't even checked my WrestleMania picks yet to see how, how shit I did. Um. <laughs> oh God, yeah. If you ever, if you did not hear, listen to yesterday's episode of the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, check that out. Surprisingly, I did not rant. I was just merely a very disappointed man when it came to the ugly <laughs> at that point. So I'm gonna go with Tegan. Tegan Knox. I think Tegan Knox Charlotte Flair. I think is a is a very interesting matchup. Um, it has that it has that certain je ne sais quoi that I like. I don't know. I think I think it could work. I think, you know, now that I've slept on it, you know, an extra night and really broke, sat down and thought about it. I mean, Ricky and I still going back and forth on Twitter. It's nice. It's nice. Nice. Okay. We play nice. Okay. We have differing things. but we do play nice. And he did show me a tweet about uh, the last four instances in which uh, a woman in a women's division had momentum and all of a sudden face Charlotte. Um, <laughs> And that would be, I believe, Asuka. I forget, I forget who the fourth was. Asuka, Rhea. Was it Becky? Yeah, Becky and Sasha. Those were the four. Um, Sasha stopped completely. Asuka stopped completely. Rhea's went bye-bye. 
Becky was the only one who made it out unscathed because at that point with Becky and Charlotte, they were booing Charlotte and not Becky. Even when they tried to do the heel thing with Becky, that was kind of hilarious because they hated Charlotte more. But now I can come around to the idea of having Charlotte there working with some of the talent. I know, Ricky, I know this is a, this is shocking to me too. Um, will I, I think they can make this work. Now, will it help with ratings? No. But will it help the NXT women's division? Yes. I know there's a lot of going to be a lot of naysayers that are hating the fact that Charlotte is champion. And if they did see the news about Rhea Ripley, they might have understood as to why, which is why we always make do or do our research and learn as we go. We are a learning podcast. We not only talk shit, but we do learn. And learning is always the key to knowledge, always to learn more things. So not only can you use that in conversation, A, which is always a good thing, casual flexing, but B, when you learn more, damn, that was a good catch. And you have that, and it works. You learn, we learn, we we learn as a team, and from there we go. But I'm going to go with Tegan to win this. I think Tegan... Tegan Charlotte could look good. It'd be nice to see. I think it would be something different. And I think, you know, for Charlotte, I think this is going to be an experience that, you know, veteran comes down, helps out the division. I think it can grow. I think it can work. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a positive one on this. I know usually I'm a bit negative and especially what I said about Charlotte after that shit. Yeah, my, 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 my reservations are still there in terms of the ratings. In terms of the division, this could do a lot, I think, because Charlotte's already hated, so you already got that built in. Um, Tegan, I think, would be a first match, uh, first a very for good first title defense for her. Um, working with Mia, that would work. Candice, she could work with the entire division to make that shit work. But I think all signs may be pointing to one Candice LeRae. If, depending on how long they have Charlotte hold the title, we know sooner or later she's going to have to get back on the main roster. We know this. But I think the proper time to do it would be in Boston. Take over Boston. Or take over on NXT. I don't know what the, what the fuck they're going to be doing. I don't know. Coronavirus be damned. We don't know how long this is going to shit gonna be popping. But let's say we get to take over Boston. Let's just... Spit out the hypotheticals because we can. Why not have Candace stand across from Charlotte in Boston, and we and the and Boston is on the side of Candace. I don't know, just me, just me, just a thought, just just putting a thought out there. <laughs> I would love to see that though. And of course, the big one, the big kahuna, everything, everything on the line. The last go, one final beat. I don't know why they call it that, because it's like heartbeat, rebel, black heart, rebel heart, whatever. But yeah, for the last time, damn, how long has this been? This has been like what, four years, four or five years of this feud? My God. This is arguably the single 
greatest, literally the greatest feud NXT will ever have. And it ends tomorrow night. Four crazy ass years. Champa Gargano starting in the Cruiserweight Classic. Then becoming Team DIY, winning tag team gold, getting destroyed by AOP. You know, the matches with the Revival, the matches, the matches with the Revival AOP. The matches they had, the matches they had with freaking Mustache Mountain Fire. Um, them being involved in the tag team tournament. Take over Chicago, where the betrayal happened. And every match in the fucking tween. Not having the match in take over New York last year for the NXT Championship and Johnny Gargano having his moment. Gargano having to, you know, be injured for nine months, coming back in the fall of lat of last year, coming back into the fold, you know, having banger matches, and of course, take over Portland. Johnny screwed Tommaso. And now all that, all these last four years. All ends tomorrow night. Let's see what let's read what WWE had for their preview. Though Triple H felt that the final showdown between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano deserved to take place on the biggest stage possible, the two best friends turned bitter rivals both agreed that all they needed to settle their score was a ring. So Triple H is giving them what they want. Tomorrow night on NXT on USA Network, it will be Blackheart. Versus Rebel Heart. One final beat. Triple H will give them an empty building with a ring inside and a referee. Two men will enter and one will stand tall. Determining who is the true heart and soul of NXT. But the game made one thing clear. This is it. If they engage again following this battle, they will both be gone. From NXT. Who will be victorious. In the final chapter. Of NXT's. Most personal rivalry. Ooh that's a good. That, that's nice. That was good. That, 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 was, that was a very nice preview. Go me. Go me. Um, but yeah that was a nicely wrote, written preview. Whoever wrote that. Fantastic. But this is the last go. Triple H said. This is it. After this. You're done. We're done son. There's no more battling, no more this, no more that, which leads me to believe this is kind of a red herring. This might be a little red herring. If they engage again following this battle, they're both gone from NXT. Now, we've already seen Bianca Belair go up to Monday Night Raw. She's good. Shoot, if they actually do it long enough, Bianca and Charlotte might be beating up again on Raw, depending on how things go with the whole drafting deal. Well, at that point, you know, Charlotte going back up to the main roster is inevitable. But Bianca, but Charlotte could go back to Raw and face Bianca Belair. One more game. And hopefully Bianca gets the win in that one. But as far as this goes, if if any of this happens after we're done, you're both done. 
Which makes me think that maybe this might eat at either Tommaso or Johnny so much that they still can't just get over the fact that they would have lost. And this would probably lead to both Gart Johnny and Tommaso leaving and moving up to the main roster. Think about it. Honestly, think about it in your head while I said this war. Because it's BCAAs. I don't care if they say it's not good. You don't need that shit. This shit is delicious. Mm. But think about it. At some point, now, in terms of Tommaso, if he was being told, he already said, if I'm being going up to the main roster, I'm done anyway. Fuck y'all. I'm not going up to the main roster. Y'all can eat a dick. Johnny, on the other hand, would probably go up. Again, now, if that's the case, you could lean towards a Tommaso victory. But then again, I don't know. I really don't know what they would do after this. This is the this is the one boggling thing because that just that once this is over, this is over type deal. It, I just want so bad to think that the, that Champa or Gargano, whoever loses, is going to go after Champa or Gargano, whoever wins, and because they can't let it go. I don't know who will win this. And I swear to God, if I see, if you give, if you send me any DMs, quote tweets, anything like that in terms of who beat who, because I'm more than likely to probably see it anyway on Twitter by accident because I'm a dumb dumb. I don't want anything sent to me. Fair warning right now. You can send it to my Twitter all you want. Just know you'll be blocked. More than likely I'll find out by my damn self by accident who's going to win this matchup. But. I'd rather either find out on my own than have someone else tell me. No one likes that. Unless you really don't, unless you honestly don't give a shit. Then, then by all means, do your worst. But I do not want any spoilers on from your end towards me. I'm good. Let me find out on my own. I'm going to watch it anyway. So chill. <laughs> I'll watch it. On my own time, of course. But seriously, this is going to be an epic final battle between two of the most beloved talents in NXT's history. Decade strong, fine. But the last four have been ran by Gargant by this rivalry. The greatest rivalry NXT will ever produce. We may never get a feud like this ever again. And I think NXT wanted it that way. They Just think of it. This is literally Triple H and Shawn Michaels in modern day. Very good friends that became the, the biggest enemies that became friends again that somehow became enemies and now they're cool and shit.
but let's let it be real. Whoever comes out of this will definitely be getting a push. And you got to also think the killer cross factor is in there as well. Yeah. So we got to keep an eye on that as well with Killer Cross. Could he be attacking the loser of this match or the possible winner of this feud? You know, keep all of that in mind as you're watching this matchup. And then keep an eye on Killer Cross because <laughs> he may go after either one. He may go after one of them or both of them. We will see. We'll see how all that goes. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude this week's episode of the last week. This week for episode 188 of the YLP podcast. As always, we are going to end the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 190 of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 189 of the YLP podcast, talking about last week, this week's NXT. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are, and the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly appreciate it. Of course, I already talked about Patreon and Teespring. If you definitely want to go check that out, please do. And I believe I do have my How WWE should have booked WrestleMania 36 now that, we, now that WrestleMania has come and gone. You can definitely check that out to see how well I did as you compare it to WrestleMania this past weekend. Which honestly, I think I still did a lot better than they did. That's just, be, that's just me being me, though. And of course, check out teespring.com for our war collection. Check out our merch. Consider buying it. Or if you just want to check out something and you want to wait a little bit for them Trump bucks, that 1200 coming your way. Consider thinking about, you know, slinging a few our way. You know, definitely check it out. Some exclusive content. Uh, being a part of an exclusive chat. Or just getting some more merch. We always do appreciate it. Much appreciated. Get the coffee. Get the other than that, guys, let's get into, of course, the fun facilities supposed to. If you have any thoughts, opinions, um, you just want to shoot the shit, you just want uh, a question about something, you, you know, how would I, how would I put this, or what do you, what do I think about this, you know, anything that comes to your mind in terms of what we do on the podcast here, or just in the world of professional wrestling in general, sound off, make your voice heard, and leave me a voice message, anchor.fm, slash, WrestleHack Radio, but you, you should know that we on WrestleHack Radio, we out here. Alright, but if but if of course you wanna, you know, have a little, you know, comment or anything like that, make sure you put YLP in there and plus your topic and what you wanna discuss. And if I do like it enough, trust me, I've got a couple of on my new episodes with you guys. You know, by one Mr. Fretz. Um if I like it enough, if I, if I think it's good and something we can discuss go on there, trust me when I tell you, I will put it on a future episode of the YLP podcast without question. Because, you know, I'm here for the people. And we do it for y'all. So, yeah, any feedback you may have, wrestling, added radio, anchor.fm slash wrestling, radio, I should say. Leave a voice message. Let us know what you're thinking. Sound off. And we'll, we'll keep it going from there. 
Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Gun Lions perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media. Because honestly, you really don't have anything else better than if you're not working in this quarantine situation. Um, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your DMs. You can, you can even send it by text. Send that shit by text. Facebook Messenger. Don't matter. Spread the word. Share the gospel. I'm not only the Wild Feet Podcast, but also, of course, the Kings of the Ring Podcast by, of course, Will, Kate Murphy, and, of course, the big one, the big homie, King Ricky Rose. Of course, you can check out, the, uh, and of course, the Game Changer Podcast with Nate and Mr. Fred, and, of course, the one and only begin podcast himself, Mr. Matt's. Um, Definitely support the movement. Spread the word about the Wrestle Addict Radio family. Because not only are we the cure for the common wrestling podcast, the YLP universe and War Nation come together to show you that we are the alternative of professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor at. That's fine. You ain't hurting my feelings. But I would like you to have the anchor app so you, uh, you are at the mothership of everything that is WPR. But I understand everyone has their favorite podcast, you know, podcast streaming platforms and what they use and they listen to all the time, whether it be K-pop, whether it be, you know, football, whether it be fantasy football, whether it be cooking, anything like that. But we're not just, you know, anchor's just not, you know, place we've got a podcast. You can listen to the Wild Open Podcast, Kings of the Rings, Game Changer Podcast, and of course the Gifted Podcast across several different platforms. Yes, several. I mean, at least more than two. But you can find this podcast and every other member's podcast, the Kings of the Rings, the Game Changer, and the Gifted Podcast across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public. Castbox FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify thing. Search for the Young Lions, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Gift podcast across all these different platforms. And you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I would encourage you to follow me, of course, on the Twitter machine. I am followable over there on Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite, SmackDown Live, which I'll be doing this Friday. AEW Dynamite, I'll be doing tomorrow night for sure, because I don't do, um, I don't try to watch NXT and AEW back and forth. Not my thing. And that's why I wait until at least that weekend to watch NXT, if not day of, to keep it fresh in my mind. It's really nice. I also do live tweeting, or like I said, for SmackDown Live, every WWE pay-per-view, every AEW Live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK takeover, which sucks that we I have to wait till October to get another chance to have fun live tweeting for NXT UK takeover Dublin. Hurts my heart, but we got to do what we got to do. And of course, once we get back into the swing of things in New Japan, and it's 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday, and I went to the bathroom and couldn't go back to sleep. I also do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, of course, where you can find all, you know, all the updates of when I'm doing shows, you know, 
just random thoughts, news, breaking news that may be coming out. All that fun stuff. I can be followed over there at young underscore alliance underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. So, episode 190. Yes, we are now officially, well, we've been on the officially on the road to 200 for quite a while, since about last year. But we are officially on the road to 200 episodes. Yes, this is the next big accomplishment in the history of the YLP podcast. We've already, you know, hit our res- our second, this is our second WrestleMania we just done. Um, and now we're approaching 200. Yes, the road to 200 is officially on. I'm very excited. You should be as well, because now, since you know, I am a part of the Wrestle Addict Radio family, this I get to do this on a much grander scale and it gets out to a lot more people. And I'm very excited that you guys get to be a part of my 200 episode celebration. What I'm going to be doing for that, I don't know. I honestly do not know. Um, we'll figure that out once we get to 200. But I think I think sometime in May will be the 200th episode celebration. I'm not exactly sure when, but it may be sometime around Cinco de Mayo, if my uh, math looks correct. And I probably would be the... My, my calculations, if I don't cancel the show from now... Hold on, let me see. Hmm... I'm looking at my calendar right now because I got to shit. 190 is this Friday. 196. If I do not cancel for the next three weeks, if there's no cancellations and nothing comes up, the next three weeks, episode 200 may take place Monday, May 4th, 2020. Again, what I will do for 200, I do not know. I may wait a day. I may wait a little bit to maybe get a, a, a person or two on. I do not know. I do not know what I will do for 200. But let's focus on 190 right now. And this Friday will be episode 190 of the YLP podcast, in which I will be bringing you Light the Fuse. This week's episode of Light the Fuse, we'll be talking about this week's come, upcoming episode of AEW Dynamite. And I do not know what's going to be going down for AEW Dynamite this week. I'm kind of been in a blind spot with all this stuff. I but I cannot wait to see what they do now going forward. Um, now we got Brody Lee, we got uh, you know Hardy and Jericho going on. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on now, um, and I'm curious to see what they're going to be doing this week for AEW Dynamite going forward. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys this coming Friday. So I know right as of right now, AEW Dark is going on. Catch this episode after, and I really do appreciate it if you do. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, doesn't matter when you listen to this. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll see you guys right back here this Friday night for episode 190 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you!